Namaste, we are with Gothamji once again for our next podcast episode. Gotham, as usual, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Nick. I hope by now you and the audience don't get bored of this almost repetitive <laughs> introduction, but they know you by now. And we're all grateful for you and your time. Likewise, so, likewise. <laughs> I'm grateful for the opportunity. It's all Baba's grace. So, Gautam, today I wanted to discuss with you a very simple but profound topic. Every spiritual aspirant comes across people, uh, friends on the journey. Friends who will introduce someone to the path or take someone to a guru or a teaching. Right, you know, just right. someone you have in common with either, you know, what they, if you are on the same path, same master. So, yes. people where you have those common interests those specific friendships so i would say spiritual friends yes yes and you know these relationships can be helpful but also can be tricky because the ego dynamic sometimes can come in so i felt it would be nice to talk to you about these various aspects sure sure uh, so you see the the beautiful aspect of spiritual friendships is that there is something which binds the friendship more than what social friendships are about. It is the spiritual journey. You know, a shared interest of looking for deeper things in life than just the material. So in that sense, uh, spiritual bonds of friendship could be very strong. Now, let's take the example of Disciples of a master, you know, Guru Bandhus as is the term. So they could be a tremendous support to each other on life's journey because of their spiritual inclination. That is the beautiful aspect. In fact, you know, people will find that once they get on to the spiritual journey, their friendships change. Some of the old friends drop away because those interests are no longer your interests now. You know, and your, if your interests are spiritual in nature, then you seek out these kind of friendships or you just attract them. So that is what generally happens and people do feel guilty that they are abandoning an old set of friends for a new set. But that is the way life is, you know, the flow of life is going in a certain direction and one goes with that direction. Hmm. So I would start by saying that it is actually quite beautiful because it is a pure friendship in that sense, because the needs are not linked to our regular interdependent needs of wearing social masks and projecting ourselves in a certain way. So that is uh, for me, uh, I think uh, it's a very big thing actually and a lot of people are in isolation when they are on the spiritual journey. I'll give you an example. I know someone in Delhi who is following a particular master who has passed away. The master was living in Mumbai. Now his yearning is to have more friends in Delhi with whom he can discuss this master's teaching. But nobody is interested. Nobody he knows is interested, you see. So here is someone who has lost interest in just regular friendships. He has enough of those. Now he is looking for a spiritual bond in friendships, but he's finding himself in isolation because there's nobody around he can talk to on these matters. 
he'd like to share the teachings, discuss them. And then therefore, you know, you look beyond your city, you go on to the internet, you find groups and forums. But the fact is that he feels that vacuum. And many people are in this situation. They sometimes feel they are alienated in their own families firstly, if they are the only ones on the journey. And then in their circle of friends, there is a sense of alienation. And it is also unfortunate that society tends to look down upon people if they are on a spiritual path because they are not considered normal. You see, so that is, I would say, uh, these are the various aspects mm. of uh, spiritual friendship. Uh, there is this uh, concept of, as I mentioned before, Guru Bandhus, you know, where fellow disciples of the same Guru are actually, they do have a very close-knit bond by way of karma, by way of Rinanubandhan. Now, this is where I would like to step into what you mentioned in your question, that how can this go awry? How can the spiritual ego come in the way of the friendship? Because this does happen. You see, this does happen because, let's say, I take somebody and introduce him to a guru, right? Now, suddenly the guru is very fond of my friend and I feel ignored, then I start disliking my friend. These things happen, you see, because that guru-disciple relationship is a cherished one. I have seen it with my own guru, that when someone new came who would be very, the guru would be very fond of, because the guru does not differentiate. The guru is consciousness. But the spiritual ego kicks in. That is one way it kicks in. There, then there is the most, I think, common way it kicks in is when the person feels he or she knows what is best for you. That is a tricky one. Where I like what Rameshri would talk of, that don't give advice or opinions unless it is asked. Yes, that and is very important. But you know why? Mm -hmm. Because that means that you feel you know best. You know more than God, true. Exactly. So, uh, I think that what you have mentioned is one of my favorite quotes of his. Never give advice unless you are asked for it. Because when you give advice, you are already taking a higher position. That I know better than you. Now, of course, let's say a teacher will advise a student, a parent will advise the child simply because they have that many more years of experience. But here we are talking of friendships, you see. And we tend to do this, we tend to dish out free advice. But if we really accepted that everyone has come with their own destiny, God knows what destiny is there for everyone. Sai Baba knows the divine will, let's say. He doesn't need your interference in it, for sure. Therefore, you see, you could actually give something which you think is great advice, which is detrimental to that person's journey. Therefore, as Rameshji mentioned, that if you only give advice when you are asked for it, it means the universe has asked you for advice through that person. So you are being asked to give it, then by all means give it. That way you know that your ego has not come into the equation with its sense of doership that I know better. 
so this is a very important point you have raised because this really in spiritual circles especially as they say that the spiritual ego is even bigger <laughs> than the normal ego it is and also gotham to cover one aspect sometimes spiritual friends get over enthusiastic about pushing someone on the path so if there is a devotee who is a beginner or not that apparently visibly committed to a teaching or a master they have their own projections could you talk of the aspect of projections here yes see you know at at one level there is an innocence to it because let's say you have been impacted deeply by a master now you are so deeply impacted that you want to share that with your friends let's say you want to introduce your master to them his teaching to them that is beautiful to watch because you have been impacted by it and out of that innocence you tell people hey you know i think you need to give this guy a chance why don't you come and meet him mm. that is beautiful the problem is when there is a lot of resistance but we still try to force our will on the person to come and meet the master that is what tends to happen you see okay all right there may be little resistance you know a friend is not spiritually inclined but you still say hey you know come on but there are then people who literally don't leave you until they have dragged you there you see now again that means a tremendous sense of doership and whenever any individual exerts too much of his his or her own will that means you're exerting too much doership into the equation you're not allowing things to flow naturally because if it is someone's destiny to come to a particular master they will come sooner or later so uh, similarly we always let's say we see our world view through a particular master's teaching hmm. we have to be careful that we don't start imposing that on everyone because that has impacted us but we cannot force others to see things from the, that point of view that may not be their destiny you see so that is also what happens you know we not only force our master on a, someone whose master is someone else or doesn't have a master but we start forcing the way we feel they should think about things so these are the traps these are the classical traps of the ego which uh, one can fall into in this journey unfortunately that is when the innocence gets lost in a sense you know because the doership has come in through the back door correct gotham if someone hears this conversation till now and say they are so called the perpetrator so to speak mm-hmm. of the imposition mm-hmm. they would definitely get pointers of being aware of this and it may fall off yes however if one is the victim so called we use the <laughs> word now could you give some pointers of how to be with this in the most natural way and you know uh, if you're not comfortable yes to distance yourself in a uh, nice way harmonious yes now this actually will happen naturally because when you have the understanding let's say you are the receiving end and someone is trying to really enforce their teachers views on you or pull you to their teacher right now you will have the understanding that this person is driven to do what he is driven to do his nature is to be pushy he is being pushy so you won't blame him for that you won't hold him accountable for that 
you won't condemn him for that that is gone because you understand that's the way he's been made some people are made pushy some are made timid in this case my friend has been made pushy so once that sting of blame and condemnation is out of the equation yeah and you still feel deep in your heart i don't want to go you will tell the person look i understand where you're coming from i understand how deeply impacted you have been but i'm really sorry this is not the time for me to come you won't hesitate saying that and at the same time you are not acting in defense you are not feeling threatened and you know as if someone's held a gun to your head even if it may appear like that because with the understanding that they are doing precisely what they are designed to do hmm. when that understanding is there it acts as a cushion to the relationship and with that understanding you excuse yourself now it could be that you are so timid that you get dragged along even though you don't want to go in which case that was your destiny you see the whole point here is the only thing to be looked at is one's attitude in the situation that is all the outcome is not in our control see it takes me to something it is a uh, the unconscious reaction is to finger point yes whereas i believe it was lao tzu who said that if there's anything you ever find negative change it within yourself there is nothing really on the outside don't try to change another so in this situation if you are on the receiving end could one also see it from that light but it's the same thing actually because for example you are not trying to change the person who's being pushy you're not telling him don't be pushy why are you being pushy you should not be pushy yeah because you don't want to change him god knows best as we said earlier but you understand that that's the way he has been designed so it's actually the same thing what you're talking about and what yes. we just discussed so you see the net result is there's less involvement and drama in the situation and when there's less involvement and drama in any situation it means that there's more peace of mind are there any other aspects to this that you would like to share that maybe i have not asked you in terms of the spiritual friendships even the spiritual ego they are so interlinked so if you could talk a little bit about the spiritual ego you see the spiritual ego is uh, actually as we said earlier it's a very tricky thing because if you read more books let's say you suddenly feel you have more knowledge you feel you know more now there is only one measure which i keep reiterating which is the degree of peace that you feel in your daily living so let's say you have read all the upanishads vedas and you have you know heard heard youtube discourses of 20 masters and this and that and what have you and you meet a friend who has not done all that or who has probably just read let's say you know one like the bhagavad gita maybe okay or visited one master that's it now the whole point is between you and him who is the one who is more at peace that is the final point the rest is irrelevant yes so the spiritual ego has to be careful because they lose sight of this 
that the measure is peace of mind so if that awareness is there the spiritual ego will always be on its guard it will catch itself that what am i doing you see but by and large that awareness is not there so therefore the spiritual ego in that sense becomes even trickier than a normal ego you know and we've seen it often like we say for example a cliche in spiritual circles is like when there are masters who have thousands of followers those followers you know feel that their master is the greatest i'll give you a classic example a real life example i met someone who was the disciple of a master and the master was not that well known he was known but not that well known as the big masters today right we were having a tea table conversation mm. she was there on the table i was there and a third person was there and suddenly the topic changed to uh, auras of masters okay auras of masters and uh, she referred to one very big master today who has thousands of followers and she, she said oh by the way uh so and so master's aura i could see and it extended just 2 feet beyond his body whereas my guru's aura extended 12 feet so when she said that i understood i said fine but i asked her in reply and not in a way of getting back at her because i don't have any allegiance to both these masters but i said whether it is 2 or 12 Yes. It is to you that one master's aura appeared as twelve and one as two. It may not be for someone else. Now she didn't like that. You see, because her position was since I saw it, it is the truth. This is the spiritual ego. This is the problem. You see, this is what happens because supposing you have been gifted the ability, let's say in this case, to see people's auras. now that creates the ego which then declares that this master's ego is only 2 feet and my master's is 12 feet okay all right we are not saying you are wrong but it is your truth it is not the truth this is the point which is missed nick and i'm so glad you raised this because i would like i really hope since your channel has is getting such a wide base of very sincere seekers they need to really introspect and delve on such topics like the ones you have been raising in this podcast because i feel what you have raised in the podcast is one step ahead of the videos that we have done so far yes yes kotham it takes me to something you see things as you are not as it is yes could you give a few pointers on this it's slightly important but this is exactly what we have spoken about now yes exactly like in her case she saw yes. things as she is but can we see it in the minutest detail in everything one perceives every event every judgment everything this is applicable yes everything every if you have the awareness and understanding that whatever you view in life is based on your genetics and conditioning then you know that you are seeing things only as you are seeing them i have given this example before uh, so pardon me if i'm repeating it i was having a coffee on the lawns of the club with two friends both have the background of graphic design and are art directors 
and one of them commented on a girl's dress she was sitting on a table away from us and said that's a beautiful yellow dress the other friend said that that is indeed a beautiful yellow dress it is indeed a beautiful dress but it is not yellow it is green now the first one said i'm sorry it is yellow the second one said i'm sorry it is green and this yes. went on like a tennis match for the next 2 minutes so i decided to step in and i said look we agree it's a beautiful dress now to one person it appears yellow to the other it appears green so be it this is it so in small instances like this when you have the understanding that whatever i am viewing in life here in this case it is a woman's dress it could be an event it could be a thought it could be anything whatever i am viewing is based on my filters then what happens when you live that understanding you know that the other is viewing the same thing based on their filters so so there's no argument there you may put forward your point of view the other may not agree with it and that's okay that's Got fine takes me to something linked to this in our relationship with baba when life events unfold we may uh, look at an event we look at an event and we see it with the lens the color that you know we have on our, our glasses and based on that we you know if it goes uh, favorable or not favorable then one may go to baba and say oh you know why did this happen but if one has no filter at all yes then it is as and that the saburi comes in where you let the event unfold with no interference no judgment and how one event links to the other causality can truly never be known so that i also feel is an important aspect to remember at all time very What true but very appear... hard to live by i'll again give you a first hand case of a friend of mine who is a devotee of sai baba who was trying to go abroad and he had to go for a very good reason there was an issue to sort out yes and he kept getting messages so to speak not not like in terms of psychic messages that baba felt like it's not the right time to go he got his signs let's say from the universe but his battle was he wanted to go wanted to go wanted to go and was wondering why you know things are coming in the way obstacles are coming events at work are coming etc etc kept telling me that you know what is wrong i want to go the intention is good it's to sort things out etc little did he know that if he would have gone he would have got stuck because of the virus that's the thing now to live with that fate is the hard part you see because we question it that if my intentions are so noble if i want to go why is baba not helping me so <laughs> Maybe that's a topic for another day, but it's a yes. good one you have raised. We've got spoken about last... it before, but uh, you yes. know one can see these things from so many different angles. Absolutely, Gautam. This on the last ending note, yes. it takes me back to why Jawahar Ali's story with Baba, that Leela, is so important, and we discussed this in an earlier episode. But even that Baba demonstrated, for example, even in these friendships or any life situation. Yes. If one truly minds their own business, let plays their role without any criticism, judgment, or points any finger, 
they will sail through a lot of turbulence yes absolutely absolutely because all the dramas we create are in our own heads you know so that is actually that jawaharlal ali story is as many I facets mean, uh, yeah it just shows like uh, it's a very unique story i'm glad we discussed it earlier and uh, people should actually read that again and again in the sai satcharita because they will see if a master as sai baba see how he handled the situation then who are we you know absolutely and it applies to everything in life absolutely even over yes. here one could apply it yes yes so thank you gautam as always my pleasure i enjoyed the, the evening talk <laughs> the the same beginning the same ending yeah. but hopefully not the same in between yes yes wonderful wonderful okay, thank you gautam all the best Bye. all right thank you